Welcome back to the Curry Gumbo's podcast review of P-Valley Season 2. Let's get into this next episode. Every episode, somebody is dying. So, who's dying episode 7? I mean, I don't want it to be the case, but I'm worried about Grandma Ernestine. She got she got the she got the COVID. She got the vid. And when she opens the door for Uncle for little Murda, she's calling out for her father. Sometimes that happens when mm, when people are about to transition yay. over to the other side. So <sighs> I noticed that too in the last episode when Rome was dying. You know, there was a conversation about his mother. Little did he know he was about to go be with her. From the beginning of this episode, I was seeing all the premonitions of death. When Big Teak was getting his hair cut and the barber was like, oh, you looking casket sharp. Big Teak was like, man, live every day like it's your last. Mm. And even when they went to the restaurant and the waitress was like, oh, you got pretty eyes and you light skin. It's like Albie Short came back from the dead. So it's like, and is Albie Short dead? No, he's not. Yeah, I'm like, that, that man is alive and well, but uh, that you're right. Like, it's a way to attach. Well, maybe she thought she was like, oh, you bringing light skinned boys back or something like that. Bring yeah. Light boys back okay. I get it. Like that. I get it. Yeah, death is completely surrounding him at the very beginning of the episode when they are having this massive get together not a mask in sight jesus the christmas gathering all that red and green going on <laughs> well i was like what is this so he was sitting like right in front of the sun and sometimes he would be bathed in so much light that you could only see his silhouette and mm. it's so like from the very beginning he's like transitioning out of this world when he was in the barber chair, I also noticed that the picture next to him, mm-hmm. there was like the a shadow of a like a devil. Did you see that? Yeah, and I did. and he keep there's there's mention of the devil. There's a lot of red and white play in the episode. Let's get into all of that. We can start with roulette. Wearing that red and white wig. She's split yep. right down the middle. Good and evil, I guess, is is what's happening with her. And it's interesting that the 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 wig is what is split down the middle. It's like her her head is split right down the middle because she has some decisions to make as far as like how she's going to coordinate this arrangement between Whisper and this man who wants to pay for sex from Whisper. Well, I will say this reminded me of Mercedes and Autumn, Autumn Nightmare. So we'll get to her, <laughs> that name in a minute. When Autumn was the new girl mm-hmm. and Evan was on her because she's a new light-skinned girl, even though she couldn't really dance. At all. Still can't dance. And this episode with Roulette, I guess the guy who she gave the sexual favor to came back and he was like, hey, hook me up with your friend, pointing at Whisper. And he was like, oh, I'll I'll give her however much money to um to lick her pussy. And she was like, wow, I wish I had the option of laying on my back rather than getting on my knees. Mm-hmm. And so you can see, to me, it kind of went, I went straight to to colorism. Her being darker skinned and doing more of the, the dirty job, mm-hmm. so to speak. 
mm-hmm. as opposed to the lighter skinned woman being able to just be pleased, relax, yeah, so to speak. Yeah, yeah. Roulette is like, well, damn, what she got that I don't have. Yeah, I don't know if it was friendly, but it it did feel competitive. The poll work that they were doing. So Whisper mm-hmm. would be on the poll. Then here come Roulette taking off her shoes and she's like, I can do these tricks as well. It felt, it didn't feel like peers up there. It felt like we are two people competing for attention and competing for money, mm-hmm. which is understandable because I mean, Mercedes was just in that situation with both of them, episode one or two. And I think that is why Roulette is like, making some of the decisions that she is making like she understands the position that she plays in this world and she understands the the access that her body and her her beauty gives her which isn't as much as someone like a whisper or an autumn night uh, Mm -hmm. nightmare uh savage Mm -hmm. trash so yeah and then we got, is that Gidget's boyfriend again? Duffy. So like another... Duffy, yeah. He he is on some roulette. He like her. But then I'm like, damn, I hope it's not, um, what's his name? Derek and Keyshawn again. I don't get abuser vibes from him. He seemed kind of savior-ish. And I'm like, I don't know if I like this. Mm, what about him gave you savior? Roulette was already kind of feeling down. It's almost like he's trying to run game. She's like, why are you trying to run game on me? Mm-hmm. Then she goes on, like, uh, I'm I'm a hoe. He's like, I'm a hoe too. It's It just gave me, it's like, I don't see genuine relationship. Maybe he just trying, yeah. to, trying to smash and that's <clears throat> it. But I'm like, I don't, I don't really like this. I do wonder, well, first of all, I just don't trust, no, I don't trust any white men in this show. I do wonder, like, what are your motives? Like, make make your case plain. Talk to me about what it is, what the fuck do you want? Like, we could cut the bullshit. Just tell me what it is so we can get this shit over with. I'll let you know what I'm down with. And I don't think he has done that yet. Or maybe he's just intrigued by her and he just wants to get to know her. But, I mean, we got phones. We could do that with, with the telephone. So, I don't know. I don't trust them. But I don't, I don't trust him. I don't trust Derek. I don't trust them people that Andre is doing business with. I don't trust none of Corbin. He might as well be white. Fuck that nigga, too. Mercedes and Farrah and Cedric, he's catching on. He calls Mercedes and, like, oh, I'm trying to, I want you me, you, and my wife. And she was like, well, what about just me and you? He was like, well, you know, my wife was really excited about the Mercedes experience. But then they do it, and then he sees, he, no, his wife is excited about the Mercedes experience. <laughs> he getting mad. I'm like, you, you said your wife was excited. With some heterosexual men who are not as progressive as they think when they think of a threesome they think of two women pleasing them and if the women are pleasing each other they are doing so for the pleasure of the man and it seemed like in this situation thank you them two they listen he wasn't even on the bed they was not worried about him 
they was getting down to business on their own. And I think he also saw that there was something other than strictly physical pleasure. Like they holding hands. It's like they care about each other. So he Kissing. knows, yeah, he knows what's going on. So he like, wait, 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 wait. I don't even think that the cheating is the issue. I think he is just mad because this isn't about him. Yes, ego. And he not he not trying to pay Mercedes. When he took that money, he, he wasn't about to give it to her. He didn't. Yeah, you right. She left with her shoes in her hand and her suitcase. You could at least put some on my motherfucking gas. I don't understand what Farah is trying to do. I'm wondering, like, does she want to get caught? Is this her way to escape this marriage? Is this her way to get some attention? No one in this situation is thinking about Mercedes. And that is what is upsetting to me. Mercedes is up here thinking about Farah, about to go toe-to-toe with Coach. And when Coach put her ass out, Farah just hand her the shoes and go back. Like, why you don't leave with her? You know, but I know that, you know, that's a little naive of me to even suggest. But at the same time, I don't think that anyone has her back in the way that she has theirs. I guess that job is done. Oh, no, we'll see more Farah. Well, I'm saying her job, meaning her money, her income. Yeah, that's true. How's she going to get her money? That is very true. Diamond. We get sexy diamond. Listen, I was like, I need a permission slip to watch the first part of this show. I'm, can I do it? I'm not mature enough for this. That's what you need to know. Girl, you called it. You was right. You called it. Diamond still got Keyshawn on his mind. Even though he got Big Bone in his bed, Keyshawn is on his brain. And he can't, he can't shake it. Now, do you think that this is because he has a little tickle in his heart for Keyshawn or because he recognizes with his powers, his like intuitive powers that she is in need of help right now? Because at at this point in the show, she is trying to escape Derek. Do you think that has anything to do with it or both? I think he loves Keyshawn Mm. and hopefully they're going to get back together. And Keyshawn cannot leave her house. This is like a perfect example when people ask, oh, why don't you leave? The man made the car so it don't drive. Yeah. And it's like, damn, Derek. He also put a tracker on her phone. Oh, like, yeah. That, I knew that, that, I mean, that she came knew out, to you leave know, the phone. That came out was, earlier. So, you know, people, I, I just... When she left the phone on the bed, I was like, okay, yeah, she good. Good to shine. I think she just feels alone because I'm like, man, call Wally, call Murda, call Murda and T, call, call Cliff. I don't call them. I don't think Cliff would care. Well, I think he he got an attitude. I think he he would care, but he kind of got an attitude. I, I don't think she feels like she can call them. Yeah. Cause there's kind of like a little bit of, tension there well where were you going you got in the car to go where anywhere just drive out in mississippi 
Yeah. That's where she's going out Mississippi. We see she still got the gun. She still got Autumn Nightmare's gun. What's she going to do with the gun? She going to shoot Derek? She going to pistol whip him? Listen, the time for that was when you found out he had twisted that boy elbow like exactly. he was wringing out a damn towel. What you need to do is call Clifford and be like, hey, big mama, come come, come help a sister out. I'm sorry about that shit. And I, I think the reason why I'm stuck on that diamond scene when he is doing what he doing with this big bone, honey, that thing thanging. Anyway, when he sees Keyshawn's face on big bone's face, it didn't feel like Keyshawn was calling out his name in pleasure like it it, it it didn't feel like ecstasy it didn't feel like she was calling out his name at the height of passion it felt like a call for help to me I think he knows that something isn't right I think he because because why now why why flashbacks of Keyshawn now because he's wishing that he was on top of Keyshawn one and I'm thinking that flashback was the last interaction they had at the dollar store when you know she yeah. was trying to get in and she had her mask and she was like diamond you diamond right. you right you and right. so that's that's the last time they spoke i'm gonna need for big, big bone, bone to mind her business i thought i was like she's cia somebody tell me now because i watched it earlier this morning and i was like you know some people watch it at midnight when that thing come out and so i was like is somebody ruined it for me now? Is she about to figure out what then happened? Because she's on creeping around his little altars and stuff. I'm like, baby, I need you. Why you brought her to your house? Diamond seems like a nice guy. I don't think he ain't stupid I mean, though. No, he hasn't seen. I mean, where they gonna do it? Like at her car? house? Shit, at the club? I don't give a damn. Just not at your house where you got the trinkets and shit, the spiritual trinkets. The magic going on in there, not just in that bedroom, but in them other places where, look, I need for you to, look, we got to protect Mercedes and you and Big L. So Big Bone kind of know what's up because she even says, what happened? You don't do security at the paint? Why? Because you tried to save one of them girls that didn't want to be saved? I think something else is going on with her. I think she's working for somebody the law or, or somebody from so why you think she messing with diamond you think she just because she's she not she not, he not into her it seems like she like him way more than he like her yes and i'm like in that type of situation it's like i mean he don't like you i think that she knows more than she puts on i think she is kind of like a whisper in a way, I think Whisper has access to other realms. I think that Big Bone probably has access to other realms, not spiritual realms, but I think she has access mm -hmm. to some information. I'm, I'm getting those vibes. I'm getting those vibes, which is why I want Diamond to be careful. I need for him to like, <laughs> what's your intention with her? Figure that out. So do you think Big Bone is going to recognize that ring somewhere if she's CIA and be like, hmm. She either she either CIA, FBI, one of Montavious's colleagues, 
or she worked for the promised land people, people trying to build a casino. <laughs> now that's it. Okay. She, that her her just her strictly liking him, I don't think that's it. Katori, give me a call and let me know what's 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 going on. I know you don't have my number, and I and I know that if you did, if I had your number, I know that I would be blocked. But give me a signal. Give me something. Put it in the comments. Put it in the comments, y'all. Is Lakeisha Savage Autumn Nightmare a good businesswoman? Um, I don't give a fuck about Lakeisha Savage Autumn Nightmare Nighttime. Night riders, low riders, fuck that hoe. So she got her ten million. Is I mean, is she gonna help out the girls at the paint? No. So what's gonna happen? Because she was in the red. She was in the red. She was in the red. She was in all red. She was in the red. Head to toe, lips, bra, and panties red. I was like, damn. Red, I red. The bra and panties with the outfit. Red, red, red. Shout out to shout out to Fiona Apple. Shout out to Capri Fernandez. For those who know, you know. Red, red, red. I I don't like that hoe. Is what I'm here to tell you. And I don't understand why uh, Andre was in all white. Like he the good guy. That nigga ain't good. Why? Why is this show trying to convince me that he's good? T- tell me that. Somebody figure that out. Drop that down below in the comment. I'm tired of this shit. I'm tired of it. So sick of this hoe. That's what he is, a fucking hoe. Living off your fucking uncle money. Bitch, you tired. Fuck that nigga. Well, Andre and Haley finally, finally had sex. And it was boring vanilla sex. I could have fast forwarded through that shit. The sex I was interested in was fucking... Diamond, Diamond and I was like, my God. And um and and Farrah and Mercedes. Shit. Oh, yeah. And I was hoping that Big T little uh Big T and Lil Marty was gonna do something, but they didn't. Shit. I will I don't give a damn about a goddamn nightmare and a whack nigga. You wanna get into Tarika? A baby done got into her. We don't need <laughs> a baby is all in through there. So what's gonna happen? Shell is shell is bad, like spoiled oranges, molded oranges in the fridge. Mercedes goes to the house. Hey, I got groceries. I can help. Uh, I can, you've been drinking. You need a program. And Shell just like I all I need is a job. That's the only help I need. And then Mercedes is like, well, you know, I can, I can um take care of Terrica. Why? You figuring things out. And of course, Shell is like, no. And Mercedes is like, listen, I'm not trying to like steal custody legally. You know, she's your child. I'm not trying to take that. I'm just trying to help. Like, I'm here. Yeah. But Shell ain't having it. See, I don't know if Shell is an example of people who are just one paycheck away from destruction. And so, like, it's more than one paycheck. I think like she, it was a lot of paychecks. Yeah, because she, but I mean, like, like she still has her house. I, I get the feeling that she. Well, I, she's depressed too. So she, yeah. she lost her job and she's just, she's spending all the money on the alcohol. To okay. Where so maybe if she bought some groceries, she wouldn't, if she used the alcohol money for the groceries, she would have more than spoiled oranges in the fridge. 
And I think that that's one of the reasons why people have to find their purpose outside of what pays them money. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I think that there are some people when they lose their jobs, I I think, I don't, I'm sure there are studies that have been done, but you know, when some older folks retire and they're really up in age, you know, as soon as they retire, it's, it's not long before they pass. They die. And mm-hmm. I think some people want to work just for that purpose, you know, and they need to be busy. People, there's a lot of people who they don't, all they know is to work. They don't know how to, I guess, fulfill themselves in other ways. Because when you hear people say, it's like, oh, well, retire, like, what, what, what am I going to do? I can think of 10 things I would do. Well, I think I that this, work every day. I think that this place that we live in doesn't allow for you to explore other things other than work. Sometimes when you are, when you are of working age, I can see how attractive it is to just work, 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 stack money, stack money, save money, save money. When you are doing that, how are you making time for things that fulfill you in other ways? You know what I'm saying? Like I, sometimes with any passion project, I feel like I'm stealing time away from other stuff because this, you know, with, with the price of life and with how much people get paid, a lot of times you don't have time to figure out what your passion is, what you enjoy. So I, I wonder if Shell is like that, like so much of her life went into being a mom, went into being a working mom that now that she doesn't have that. And I think she also is kind of losing her grip on Terika because Terika is at that age where mm-hmm. you ain't really gotta, you know, tuck her in at night. You know what I'm saying? Like no. she can, so. Even when, when Mercedes got to the door and Shell was like, Terika went to her friend's house and Mercedes said the name and Shell was like, who that? And she don't even know. She has no clue where Terika is. She has no clue where she is. I think it's also about the image and the lifestyle you want. Mm-hmm. So she wants, she had this husband and this house and this family, even though it wasn't like the perfect scenario, but it was picture perfect in a way of like, this is my husband. This is my home. This is my child. This is where we live. You know, this is, it's my status. This is who I am. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, when that is taken from you, it's like, who are you? Mm-hmm. Without your, your husband died, your mm-hmm. child is out, and your job is gone. Who are you? Yeah. On to Big Teak. He visits his childhood home and has a flashback, which he later explains. Do you think there were people in that house, or was the house abandoned? I don't know. I, th- I think there were people in that house. I don't know, though. I don't know now. He walked in. Little Myrtle's like, oh, he probably gonna get some weed or something. Then he go, well, someone did open the door, right? I don't even remember now. I mean, but I also like we are, you know, we see the image of Montavious in that club, and and we know that he is dead. So I don't, I wouldn't put it past the show that like someone opened the door, but it was someone from another place, not this earth. Yeah. Because I'm thinking like when he was walking through the house, and first you see like the kids watching TV. And then you hear commotion and you see somebody on the bed, looks like they on drugs and you, mm-hmm. you just get all these different images and thinking about it. I'm like, well, any of, was any of that real? Mm-hmm. 
And then the last image is like he's opening the closet and he sees a boy covered in blood in the closet. And so I got like, that wasn't real. We realized that was him younger. Mm-hmm. But I'm thinking it was any of it real. Yeah. And did he go back to his home to kind of like say goodbye? Like I think so. And his I childhood home. I think so. And I, uh, to at least confront it to, to at least confront it and whether or not it's real to us, it's real to Teak. Like that little boy in the closet is real. Those people in that home, they're real. Well, I, I'm saying real because that was, that was his family. I'm leaning more towards it's not, they were not real for us because Mm-hmm. no one spoke to him. No one did anything. Like, no, no, no one spoke to Lomurda. No one stopped him from doing it. Lomurda literally has a gun in his hand. And no one's, mm-hmm. no one screams, no one says anything. So I think that we are deep in Teak's head at this moment. He explains to Lomurda that was, that's, that was his home and a lot of bad things happened in his home. is trying to get him to just like, forget about it. Don't worry about it. That was all in the past. And Big Teak was like, you can't just shake that off. Yeah. So he kept Teak- getting oh, he kept ahead. he kept giving you hints that he wanted this to end. end, you know? When he was when he said that what his I won't say what his mother did to his his um his sisters and brothers but he was saying that blood was flowing fast as the the river in front of us and and so Mm -hmm. and then he gets up and walks to the river and i'm like okay what you doing you know i'm i'm nervous at this point and i think murda's suspicion is growing more and more and more i wonder to a certain extent if he always knew that Teak planned on harming himself or planned on just going deep into a depressive state because he keeps saying like, well, there's nothing to do. I'll just hang out with you. Like yeah. it's, it's like Big Teak has been alone. trying to drop him off the entire day. And Murda's like, no, I'll just, I'll just hang out. Just hang out. Well, Murda did say, he was like, if he leaves him alone, he's going to get deep into his head. Yeah. So I think he knew he was going to, like go de- in a depressed state, but I don't think he thought he would take his life. There is, I think that we see that visually when they're in that wing spot. And mm-hmm. there is, I, the show played with like light and shadows quite a bit. Teak is like blanketed in shadow. Like he is just mm-hmm. completely in the dark. There's a sliver, a deli slice of light that is hitting like the right side of his face, just a little bit. And with Murda, he's like, you know, a quarter of his face is in shadows, but most of it is in the light. Some of his arm is in the shadow, but most of his body is in the light. And so I took that to mean like some of this depression, some of this pain that both of them share, like it's in both of them, but it is really consuming Teak. It -hmm. is really consuming him. Now there is a little bit of light. There is a little bit, 
but it is not winning the fight with this darkness. It was beautifully shot. Did you feel that way? Like, I just felt like the scenes with Teak and Murder were just beautiful. Yeah. Even at the at the um, wing spot, when Teak was asking about Uncle Clifford. Yeah. And he asked in a way where it was like, okay, almost like, not nah, I don't say you have my permission, but it was like, you know what? It's okay. Go ahead. I'm not going to be here. So, you know, tell me about him. Yeah, Teak is or wonderful. Her. I mean, we we just met him. We literally just met him. And I am sad mm-hmm. that he is gone. You know, we've known Rome for a little bit. When he left, I was like, well, people, you know, all right. Mm-hmm. What's, what are we eating for dinner? You know, like, well, B, Big Teak is, had a very big presence on the show. And I think that that speaks to... I think that that speaks to a lot. I think that speaks to the writing. I think that that speaks to the actor. It also speaks to the hold that Big Teak has on murder. Why didn't Lil Murder get out the car? He's hoping that if I'm here, he's not going to do it. Two, we keep getting conversations about Big Teak being in the hole, Mm. like in solitary confinement. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when we see that little boy in the closet, he's alone. I, I think there is a sense of of loneliness that is that is one of the reasons for Big Teak's depression. And I think this was a way, I think Lil Murder knows that in a way. And he's like, I'm not going to leave you alone. Like you're not, mm-hmm. you're not going to be alone with me. Murder finds himself at Uncle Clifford's house. Oh, I knew he was on his way there. One, I'm concerned that I'm like, how is this going to look? Are people going to think that he murdered Big Teak? Especially if there's a tape out there. There's a tape out there of them being intimate with each other. Are they going to think that I, you know, you murdered him because you didn't want the information to get out? Or was this just an act of passion, a crime of passion rather? And you've got blood on you. You were in the car, your hand, your, your, you have touched this gun. You touched it because you brought it in the house to to give mm, to Teak, you I know. Didn't think about so that. what? So how is this gonna look? And I think that forensics, like people know how when you know a when it's a suit. Yeah, people know. Yeah. And so you know, I'm I'm just I'm hoping that he's going to be okay. Legally, I hope he's going to be okay because mentally, spiritually, he is wrecked he's not okay not okay he, that his literal words from the show so what's clifford gonna do well i think all of them are gonna catch covid that's what i was thinking too i'm like honey miss Ernestine got covid yeah and i think that he's going and so do toy arrest this girl i'm i want her out i want her out you done gave Ernestine, the vid, the Vita Loca, I need you gone. If Toy got it, that health um, inspector got it. She got it. We knew it was no allergies. Man, so tired of her. Hey, y'all. Hope you enjoyed the show. Hit us up on Instagram at Curry Gumbo. Hope to see you next week. Bye.